Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast. I'm Chris Bevan, sports editor of the Canton Repository, along with rep sports writer Joe Scalzo. We're here to look ahead to week four of the high school football season for Stark County area football teams. We'll talk about some of the top matchups later, but first, week four means the start of league play, and Joe and I will break down what to expect from some of the area's leagues. We'll start with the Federal League, Joe, and um, I don't know that there's a, a great dominant team in the Federal League this year, but I think it should be a good league race. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think there's one team that's really emerged, even two. Um, this is... Uh Probably from an elite team standpoint, this is one of the weaker years that the Federal League's had, which you know really kind of sets up for a fun next maybe six, seven weeks. But uh, I guess if I had to pick a couple, McKinley and Perry, but both of those guys are, are pretty flawed. I know McKinley's really struggling to run the ball. Perry's you know got some some pieces. They they actually do run the ball really well, but I think defensively they're probably not as strong as they've been in recent years. So I could see anybody from Hoover to Lake to Jackson sneaking in to that league race. And I think probably Green and Glen Oak aren't quite as good to, to compete with those. But, you know, I, I think it could be a pretty wide open race. Had to nail you down. Who would you say is the favorite? I, I guess Perry, just because they've won it the last few years and they tend to get better as the, as the season goes on. And I think from a talent standpoint, McKinley might be the most physically gifted, but um, they're probably a year away uh, in a lot of ways. So I would say Perry. Seeing them as kind of 1A, 1B. Yeah, that's that's what I think. But, I mean, again, we don't know we don't know how good Lake is just because they haven't been tested. I think Hoover showed that they can they can be pretty good, and, and Jackson's a little bit of a wild card too. So um, I think it's interesting. I think the, any, any of those next three teams could probably make some noise. Lake kind of the, the biggest dark horse considering where they're coming from, 1-9 and nine yeah. last year. Um pretty young at some points but uh they definitely have some talent yeah and you know their strength is always that they're kind of like Perry and that they know exactly who they are and um they kind of play to their strengths and and boy they got some size and, and they got a really good running back in Cameron Martin who's probably as good as anybody you know him and Jaron Kurz are probably the, the the two guys in this league that you really look at as as premier tailbacks and and uh, man, another defense is playing well. So yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting. But Lake hasn't won a federal league title, I think, since '99 or something like that. So um, you know, you got to kind of think maybe they're a year or two away because that sophomore class it could be the one to break that streak. When you look at the league, the one thing with this balance means that every week there are going to be one or two matchups that uh, that you're looking at as kind of a toss up that, that will impact the race. And, and this week you have that. And I know as you look at the schedule, you're going to have that throughout. So it should make for some good uh, football throughout the season. When you look at the league, Joe, who uh, who's emerging as maybe the top players that will be a, a you know a candidate for player of the year in the Federal League? Well, Elijah Curtis has played really well for, for McKinley. I, w- I would think they would be really struggling if they didn't have him because he's been um, key to their offense. Uh, he's a really good passer, and I think he's run enough to – to kind of you know keep some drives alive jaron curtis is part of a three-headed monster at perry um but he's kind of the lead guy i think um you know in, in jackson i mean 
you know, they get a guy in Jake Ryan who probably is, you know, a wide receiver probably isn't going to get player of the year, but he's been really good the last couple of weeks. And then, you know, we mentioned Cameron Martin from Lake. Uh, he's kind of the cornerstone of what they do. So there's some really good players um, that you've seen emerge in the, the first three weeks. And I know Hoover's got a couple guys that are, are really good too. So that'll be interesting to see. You mentioned Jake Ryan and Josh Weir of FridayNightOhio.com has a, a good piece up on the site on him kind of uh, – with with Tim Bud being the one that goes there, making that Dylan Dingler uh, comparison, which uh, uh, he did not do lightly. You saw a lot of Dylan Dingler. I mean, that's a uh, heady stuff when you're comparing a kid to him. And, and Ryan's only a junior. Yeah, and I saw him make a, a one-handed catch last year, and I can't remember. I think maybe a Glenoke game or something. I think he had one against Glenoke. Yeah, and you just kind of was like, whoa! Sophomores don't usually do that, and uh, he kind of makes them routinely now. If you watch the highlights, he's a guy that can do that. And, uh, you know, like, like you said, you know, the Dylan Dingler kind of guy where maybe he's not like a four, four forty guy, but he's just so athletic, uh, and so much body control that he really became, becomes a, a matchup nightmare. One player we didn't mention in the staying with Jackson, I think maybe the most unselfish move so far, uh, or one of them would have to be Hayden Junker making that move from, from tight end where you're going to get to handle the ball, maybe a little bit to, to. We're going to handle the ball every play, but nobody's going to really notice you unless it goes wrong. And that's center. I think that says a lot when you see a kid make that transition because that, that's a tough position you're you're taking on. Yeah, especially since I think Kent wants him to play tight end. So you're really giving up a year of development at that position. And, and it's a pretty team first move. And and uh, I mean, I've, knowing that guy, knowing that kid, it, it doesn't surprise you. But at the same time. Um, you know, I know that, that that doesn't get made lightly. No, that, uh, that's impressive to see. We're going to talk uh, about the other leagues here in a moment. want to remind you, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, continues Friday, September 14th, when Perry hosts Jackson. Kickoff, kickoff is 7 p.m. The broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. FridayNightOhio.com is live streaming games for the first time this season. Sam Berkwin and Jeff Shreve provide the call each Friday night, along with Todd Porter, on the sidelines and Perry and Jackson is this week's game looking at the EBC that's the Eastern Buckeye Conference for those who have forgotten that the NBC is no more it's basically the NBC minus Louisville Um, and uh, Louisville obviously would have been a favorite if they were still in the league but uh, looking elsewhere I I think you kind of start with Marlington there yeah, I think you do. And, and I, I haven't really seen maybe West Branch is the other team that it kind of intrigues me. But I think they've been clearly the team, you know, uh, they've rebounded since they lost to, to Poland. And they almost won that game anyway. And, um, you, you know, I think that uh, they, they were kind of the team that heading into the season we we thought would be, the, the you know, the, the premier team. And, yeah, it, it, it does. Man, you know, if Louisville, even though they've, they've started one and two, you kind of would think it'd be kind of a cool race heading down the stretch between those two and, and uh, not to beat a dead horse here, but the league loses something by not having that because um, you know, there there are some teams there in that league that, that probably aren't playoff contenders. And so you'd like to see a little bit more uh, competition up in that upper part of the league. Moving on to the pack seven where you have uh, Manchester, I think always starts the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, they've won the league 90% of the time since it started uh, uh, well over 20 years ago. It's, it's been Manchester's league to lose. Basically the Panthers uh, will enter league play two and one. Um, who else do you see besides Manchester? I'm kind of intrigued by Northwest. Uh, I know they lost to new Philly last week, but they, you know, to, to, be that close and they were right in that game right until the end and um you know i think 
you know, we've said it before in this podcast, we've been waiting for them to emerge as a, as a contender. And, uh, so that, that would be a team. And, um, I don't know. Do you see anybody else? Yeah, you wonder about Tosla two and one. They'll they'll have a chance this week to prove what what that two and one is. It's always hard to to guess what a, a record's going to mean once you get into the league games. And I think basically everybody in that league is two and one coming into league play. So it'll kind of start to sort itself out. I think the Pac seven though does have maybe one of the area's best players, Ethan Wright, uh, a guy that can do it all for Manchester, and obviously. You have the best player that makes it a lot easier to you to become the best team. Yeah, when you have, yeah, like you said, they've won it most years, and so you kind of lean that way anyway. But that guy, um, he, there's just not a lot of players that have ever played in the Pac-7 that that's that that good. And and uh, you know, I know that they they maybe not are the team that you know they didn't compete against Indian Valley the way they wanted to, and maybe they aren't as strong as they've been in some years, but you know, there's, I think they're certainly good enough to win the league. Yeah, I think Ethan had maybe one of my favorite stats last year where he averaged like almost one two-point conversion, <laughs> a successful two-point conversion a game. That's just just unheard of. Uh, looking at the IVC, the, the North is where the Stark County teams are, and I think uh, you start with East Canton there. The, the Hornets won the division last year. And uh, despite last week's uh, hard-fought loss to a good Rootstown team, East Canton, uh, I would say, would be the favorite again. Would you uh, go there? Yeah, I would agree. And, and I mean, that loss to Rootstown is is uh, it, if there's a, such a thing as an encouraging loss, I think that was it because they were they're right in that game. And Rootstown obviously is going to be really good again. And um, yeah, I mean, it just goes back to what we've been saying. They they have a program now. They don't just have a, a class or two that was really talented. You know they've they've lost some guys and and uh, they continue to win. So um, yeah, I, I think they they have to be considered the favorite until somebody knocks them off. One team I think that can't be ignored in the IVC North will be Sandy Valley. Mm-hmm. Cardinals are, are off to a three and zero start. Have uh, Cameron Blair quarterback who coming off a huge game last week and, and though he's only a sophomore, you're already talking this will be his 14th varsity start. When you have that kind of experience at the quarterback position and it's a, it's a good player. Uh, a team like that can always be uh, dangerous. Yeah, they've been a little better than I think we expected. Maybe heading into the year, I, I, I know I, I know I thought Fairless would beat them in Week One, and they they handled them pretty well. And and uh, you know you heard about that kid a lot last year, but again sometimes you you shrug it off. You're like, oh, he's a freshman, and you know uh, you know. And and for him to do that consistently and take a step up this year, again it goes back to that Ethan Wright role when you have maybe the best player in the league. Um, and certainly a guy that's going to be there another two years, but already had so much experience. Um, that gives you a chance. Yeah, it looks like uh, Cameron Blair could put up some numbers and maybe be in talk for some some county records down the line. He keeps performing the way he has. Remember that FridayNightOhio.com is your home for Stark County area high school football throughout the 2018 season. Stories, scores, schedules, rosters, stats, you'll find it all there all year. Download the app and don't miss any of the news about your favorite teams and players. Talking about Sandy Valley, they're one of five teams that enter Friday 3-0. Perry, McKinley, Lake, Sandy Valley, and Maslin being the fifth. We haven't talked about the Tigers yet. Obviously, they are not in a league. So we'll look at it from this standpoint. Do the Tigers get tested this week, Joe, you think? I don't really know much about this team from New Jersey. I know that last year... They have a state championship, I guess. (laughs) Last year, we heard about how McKinley was going to play a team from New Jersey. It was a state champion, and they got destroyed. So I think I'm always a little skeptical when I hear how good a team is. Because let's face it, if you're going to bring in a team that can beat you... You might as well bring in Ignatius or St. Ed's or Cincinnati Moeller. You're not going to bring a team in from New Jersey um, to get you a home gate. So, uh, uh, 
call me a skeptic here, but a part of that is just because Maslin is so good. Well, I was going to say maybe a, a, an ordinary Maslin team. This is a different call, but right. these Tigers are, are looking like they could be that special bunch finally for the uh, for the school. Yeah, I mean, you look around the state. I mean, how many teams realistically in Ohio could beat this Maslin team? Ten, maybe on a given night. Uh, I don't know how many they're coming out of New Jersey that can say that. That level of football. I mean call me a skeptic again but i don't think that they can compete with best ohio teams yeah especially a, a maslin team coming off hanging half a hundred on warren <laughs> um a warren another one of those proud programs and you know you just don't see them get 50 dropped on them every day so i think the tigers uh i'm with you i don't think they get tested this week i think of those out of area or out of state teams that are coming to play them the east st louis game is the one that i think will be the, the toughest challenge for them yeah and and that's you know that's an area that that's always traditionally been extremely talented anyway i mean there you can list a million athletes that come out of east st louis so maybe that's the game but i think they're struggling right now to find games and and uh, i think they already scrimmage a couple of the other teams you know the, the strong parochials and and uh so yeah, I mean, and the, the, the problem that you find here is just that if you don't get tested in the, four, the fourth quarter, what happens when that happens in the playoffs? Um, and that's kind of the downside. I don't blame them because I know that it's tough to put together a perfect schedule, but you always want to go into to week 11 and 12 and 13 having been tested a couple times and, and looking at that schedule. I mean, maybe McKinley does and, and maybe Fitch does next week. I don't know, but there's going to be a lot of games that, that – Maybe by the middle of third quarter, it's over. I think that's the tough thing when you're talking two sports in particular, football and basketball, where if you put together that dominant team through no fault of your own, mm-hmm. you do run into that problem where you worry about that. Because in all honesty, I would have thought right out of the gate they were going to get that test. Yeah, yeah. St. V historically has played Maslin really well, and you know, in many years have, have beaten the Tigers, but uh, you know, this year they, they kind of took it to them. I mean, that game was was closer than some of the others you know the, the warren game was and the the week two game but uh you know it, it is a tough thing when you have that dominant team to be able to yeah. get them tested before you get into the deep playoff part and the one thing i would say is is that the team that everyone's kind of eyeing on the other side of that division two bracket hoban is getting tested i think their schedule has been a little bit tighter than than, than maslin so um, you know, it goes back. Dan Ift was talking about in, in 99, he plays Lake and he was just looking over at Lake's schedule and seeing all these close games and thinking we're in blowouts. We're not getting better. They're getting better. And so I think in the back of your mind, but th- again, Maslin's so good that it's no fault of their own. And maybe they're just, you do have teams that, that roll through their schedule and, and then can continue to roll. So who knows? Looking uh, before we get going here, Joe, quick thoughts on three games that I kind of singled out as being the best of the night. And again, it's a, a heavy Federal League flavor. Jackson Perry, number one. What uh, What's your quick thought on that one? That's a great game, isn't it? That's a really fun game in week one. And I know Jackson rolled last last year and Jarrett Pallotta had a great game. And I'm sure that, uh, you know, Perry has that in the back of their mind. And, uh, you know, again, we don't really know a ton about each team. I think we know a little bit more about Jackson because they've played some close games and we like what we've seen, but um, that's going to be a good indicator of, of how good those teams are and maybe who the favorite in the federal league is in the early going. The thing that's impressed me most of, of any area team is the fact that Jackson back to back weeks against good teams goes on the road, long trips. We're not talking just a 10 minute bus ride to a, a nearby community, you know, about an hour or so trip. In each case, going to Mayfield and Boardman and, and winning hard-fought games. That's 
that's tough to do. Like you said, when you talk about all the, the, the disparity in high school football, to get those types of tests mm-hmm. and pass both of them says a lot. Yeah, I think I think if anybody in the federal league can really stand on their first three week schedule, it's it's Jackson because they've really uh, they've been tested and and I've liked what they've seen from their defense, especially last week against Boardman. They they're winning in a different way than they've won maybe the last two years. And and uh, again, you know, Perry presents a big problem, but they you know if they can stop that run game, then, then you got a chance. Second game, Glen Oak Hoover, and for me, the thing I find interesting about this, Joe, is for, is Glen Oak. As tough as the start of the season has been for the Golden Eagles, their number one goal is still out there for them. They could still mm-hmm. turn everything around. They go and you know win this game and and show that hey, we're going to be there in the Federal League despite being zero and three. Yeah, or and, one and two. I'm and, sorry. And it's interesting because I think if you probably put anybody in Stark County uh, in that spot in their schedule, they're going to all be one and two. Uh, any, anybody like in yeah, most cases, especially when you talk about losing the quarterback to an injury. Yeah. So again, you know, obviously it's disappointing that they didn't, they weren't more competitive against Toledo Whitmer and Maslin, but, and they lose their quarterback. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's no reason they can't compete for a fair league title, maybe make the playoffs. They're not a state championship contender, but you know, we're going to find out again, how good are they? Uh, and we're going to find out how good Hoover is because on paper, if Hoover is the team that they want to be, that this is a game they have to get. Third game we'll uh, talk about before we get out of here. Lake Louisville. Um, Louisville continues its Federal League schedule as it has to, to fill dates. And for Lake, uh, just yet another chance to prove that the, they're going to be there for the long haul. Yeah, and I, and I doing some research on this, I mean, this is the 12th time they've played, which seems like a little bit low to me. Um, because this is a game that I think they should, they have a four year contract. They should play this forever. Um, both communities are close. I think they're about 15 miles apart. They have similar size and the lake's a little bit bigger, but um, it just makes too much sense for not to play this game. And, and again, Louisville's one and two, but they've been in the last three games. The, the Hoover game got a little bit away from them, but they've shown they can play with teams. And we don't really know much about, about Lake. They've just kind of put it on their first three teams. They played Dover and, and uh, Columbus West and, and Copley. So, um, you know, it's a, another game where I think this is a great game for Lake heading into the Federal League because it gives them a step up in, conver- in competition. But again, it's also winnable. We'll be uh, writing plenty about those games on FridayNightOhio.com throughout the week and then obviously Friday night with coverage from those games. A reminder, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week powered by iHeartRadio for Friday, September 14th is Jackson at Perry. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame show. Thanks for downloading and listening to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast, a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Check back for another podcast late Friday night after week four is complete. For Joe Scalzo, I'm Chris Bevin.